We're here at the 72nd Annual New Jersey Pest Management Association Trade Show and Clam Bake. We're only a solid 42-minute ride, of course, at 4.30 in the morning. It's 42 <laughs> minutes, but later on today, it'll be three hours. Just to talk about the difference in uh, people. What do you think there, Ed? What do you think, uh, is there a big difference in people here or attitudes, mentalities? I'll tell you one thing. I didn't see anyone stealing shit off any tables yet. That's one difference between New York and New Jersey. Well, it's not as wild as uh, we're used to in New York. And the guy that used to steal stuff from the vendors' tables has gone to his reward. The show does have a very good turnout in the multiple of hundreds. Somebody said 600 earlier. I'm going to try and get an official head count. But it's nice. They got us out in a parking lot. Fans going under a tent. The attendance is great. The speakers are very good. Some of the speakers we've had on our podcast in the past as well. We're meeting some pretty interesting people. We hope to get them on the podcast. It's always good to go to these events wherever they are because there's still a couple of guys I know that are still alive. There's people 78 years old that are still selling products. Yeah. Dedication. God bless Dedication. them. We got Dave Sanchez from Emergency yep. Pest Control. Just asking him for a crazy pest control story. They're out of Orange, New Jersey. I mean, I started back in 2011, right out of high school. My dad's been doing it over 35 years, family business, so that's how I got into it. I guess the craziest pest control story I heard, I remember when I first started, we went into a kitchen and the kitchen looked okay. Looked like a type of kitchen I'd sit down and eat in. And the guy who was training me picks up a wooden chair, slams it on the floor, and all the roaches fell on the bottom of the floor. And I said, you know how this kitchen's infested. And I said, oh, man, I, you know, I, I would have sat down and had a sandwich in this kitchen. And nope, slammed the chair down. 20 roaches may have came out on the bottom of it. I said, okay, no, I'm not going not gonna to eat here. That's like the first time I saw something that was crazy. I said, okay. Family business? Yeah, family-owned business. It's good. I've been in it for a long time, and even... All the stuff that I've learned throughout the years, even with newer pest control stuff, I still learn something from him here and there. He'll still surprise me. That's why I know he's the boss. We have Christopher Nelson from FiberTrap. FiberTrap is one of the new bed bug monitoring devices that's out. So tell us about FiberTrap. First of all, I just want to thank you guys for having me on this podcast. I had a few people tell me that a podcast is great. I needed to get on it. So FiberTrap, let me tell you how it started. That's more of the interesting story. I come from a real estate background. My family had a lot of multifamily residential properties. Actually, in Newark, New Jersey, New Jersey is where we had a problem building with a lot of bed bug issues. I don't know if the pest control officer was leaving a few bugs because they liked coming back and charging or what it may have been. But after six figures of pest control invoices for the year, it, was, it gave everybody an ulcer. So we reached out to an entrepreneur inventor, Kevin McAllister, who was a partner in this, and said, Kevin, we need, to, we need to figure out how to make this, you know, how to make something to help us with our own issue. Kevin had a great idea of just creating loop structure based on a bed bug's leg with the hairs on the leg. He actually went to a store, it's like a taxidermy store for insects, and he got a bed bug on a little stick. And that's where he got the idea from. We took the idea, went to Stony Brook University with an incubator program, and met who, who now is our vice president and chief scientist, Harry Shanha. He's a chemical engineer, he's got his PhD. And from there, they took it to electrospinning. Now, electrospinning is a versatile technology that takes a solution, you melt it down with a solvent, and you push it through a needle, and that needle passes through an electrical field that burns the solid off, and what you're left with is the microfiber. We created a one-of-a-kind 3D electrospin microfiber. Most mi microfibers that you find now that are done through electrospinning are all 2D, so that was remarkable in itself. Now, the fiber itself, the way it's 3D, 
as each strand has a, a static electric charge. Now the key to doing this for the bed bugs was to find out just how much of an electrostatic charge to give each fiber so they repel from each other. Similar to putting the two ends of a negative magnet together, how they repel. We need to give the perfect static electric charge so they repel from each other at the thickness of a bed bug's leg. Once we figured out how to do that, ran tests. Lewis Sorkin from the American Museum of Natural History, we started working with him. We sent him the fiber, said, hey, you know, you have, he, he actually breeds and sells bed bugs for pest control officers, for testing, for similar things like this. And he said he couldn't believe it. It, it locked the bug in and it was trapped. So from there, we just picked it up. Scientists, engineers, all highly regarded people had said it would be impossible to mass produce uh, the technology. So it took about seven years, a lot of building, testing, and perfecting. We literally had our own Harry, the, the chemical engineer, Jonathan Cook from Cook Engineering LLC in Florida, who's a mechanical engineer. We uh, took CAD programming, just built parts, CNC machine, tested, perfected. A lot of nights where we just worked through the night at the factory building things, and we learned how to make a mass production machine with electricity. Here we are today. We were originally going to use this just for our own use in the real estate, and we saw what kind of value it gave for those who are landlords or hoteliers, anyone in the hospitality industry. Uh, we know there's many methods to combat bed bugs nowadays for eradication purposes, but if you ask a lot of the PMPs and PCOs, monitoring is one of the most integral parts. It's about finding out where you have the problem before it spreads to all the other rooms, uh, such as in the multi-unit structures like we had the issue in. You're mass producing it and selling it now through on your own or through like, the typical distributors? Right now, we're doing it on our own, uh, on our website, but because we just opened, we're, we're having the conversation, the high-level conversation with everyone. Uh, the Univars, Target Specialty, uh, reached out to Forshaw, Oldham Chemical Company, I was speaking to Tommy Reeves, he's interested in carrying the product and doing some testing. What is the website where it's they could go? www.fibertrap.com. You could also find Fibertrap sold on Amazon. ePestHero.com right now is carrying it for us. Uh, National Pest Management carries it out of Brooklyn. We're in Staten Island. We're slowly getting out there. The, the key to this, we do preventative maintenance programs for all these multi-unit structures like hotels. We're your first line of defense and letting you know you have a bed bug problem rather than your patrons. Now the liability, especially in cities like New York, when it comes to hoteliers and landlords with bed bugs, is crazy. If you type in bed bug lawsuit on Google, all you'll see is six, seven figure settlements with lawsuits. And a lot of them coming out of New York, New Jersey. Absolutely. There's, separate, there's multiple housing councils that regulate landlords and hoteliers when it comes to bed bugs. So we've, we've seen that, I call them bed bug chasers, like ambulance chasers. You know, these, these <laughs> yeah. are, these are They're out there. Yeah, they take contingency fees because they know what they could win. I, landlords owe a warranty of habitability to ensure that all of their premises are safe for occupancy, and bed bugs are one of the things that violates that. People have been sued on battery charges if they knew there was bed bugs in the room before they placed somebody there. It was intentional. Emotional distress, missed wages from loss of sleep because they're having nightmares about bed bugs. It's rampant. And so what we do is we took every single claim that these bed bug chasing lawyers make and we figured out how we can combat each and every one of those claims so we could reduce the liability for all these hoteliers and landlords. So all it takes is taking the one lawsuit all the way to the end and showing these attorneys that they're not going to win anymore if they're fiber trap protected, and no one's going to pick it up on contingency fee any longer. They're not going to take their time and money and put it towards something where they won't gain heavily. So that's our whole goal. We're here, we're here to help the landlords, 
Uh, Hotelier has all kinds of hospitality. Cruise lines, Class A office buildings, you'd be very surprised. We uh, have a lot of Class A office buildings in New York City that are on the fiber trap protection system because it's not what everybody thinks. It's not the, the poor people or the dirty people that just carry bed bugs. It's about mass transit. The more people you have coming in and out of, of one structure, the higher your likelihood of having bed bugs is. So when you have a bunch of people, I mean, the, the amount of bodies per thousand square feet in commercial real estate right now is increasing uh, every year with different kinds of seating plans. You, you see now like the trading desks in these buildings. It's just bench seating. So you're packing this many people in such a small floor plate, you're bound to have an issue. And these people, I spoke to one uh, facilities manager who had almost a million dollar expense from one bad bed bug problem. What had happened was they didn't know or they didn't react fast enough, you know, he, he told me he didn't know, uh, that they had a bed bug problem. And all these employees took them home. So what ended up happening was they had to abate the bugs from the commercial space, then they had to abate them from everybody's home, while they abated them from everybody's home, they had to put them in hotels. If those people have pets, they had to put them in pet boarding. There's just a multitude of expenses that come along with this. So during the seven years of R&D, did you ever think, how many times did you think of hanging it up? <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's a long time. And when you have people that are in this field and telling you it's impossible, it, it's very hard to keep moving forward. But there, there just something had to be done and it wasn't look if this was easy and it was simple to do the Terminexes or the SC Johnsons of the world would, would have done it before us and we put a lot of money and a lot of time behind it and those companies are both testing with the product actually right now they're interested in it we don't know where that'll go but it's it was it was difficult I mean and there was times where in our last push to really get our mass production going uh, myself Jonathan Cook and, and Harry Schoenhauer spent seven days a week, 15 to 18 hours a day, for four months straight, with the exception of Christmas, where Jonathan, I let him fly back to Florida for the night to spend, <laughs> spend Christmas with his family, Then he came back the next day and we kept on working. It was just, you know, with that kind of work, what we got done in four months takes other, someone else over a year to do. And it was just, I was at my wit's end, I, couldn't, I wasn't going to wait any longer. This was a, an expensive project, a time-consuming project, and a project that has a solution that everybody really needs. Let me ask you this. What, what I'm gathering from what you're saying, this would fit in to an IPM program, would be your monitors. Uh, we go in a hotel, we would set these up in various places that we would record, and periodically, whatever it is, someone would go around and check just to make sure everything was cool, or if not, hey, we got some here, and it would be a good tool to stop it from spreading rapidly but it fits in I, I think with one of our IPM programs absolutely a lot of people are, are putting in their bed bug control protocol and it's not on the user to bring it to the hotel room they're staying at the hoteliers are the ones that should be doing this they already are by law are supposed to have their own bed bug inspection protocol so when housekeeping goes and turns a room they're supposed to check the room and ensure there's no bed bugs part of that we do is we give them a log sheet so we keep a chain of custody because part of the complaints that are had is that the employees that are supposed to be placing them and inspecting them aren't doing it. So now our preventative maintenance program has a chain of custody of who checked that room, signing off if there was bugs present, and giving their signature showing that they actually did it. And if not, their, their boss holds them accountable. The way we do this is we specialize it to every single different room layout. So say a hotel has three different room layouts. So I'm just going to use one for example. And they have two beds, a nightstand, and a couch. 
So this isn't just where we're gonna, where I say we're gonna put them because it's different for every single setup based on what we know about bed bug biology, what they like and what they see as harborage. If I were to walk in this room, see two beds and a couch, I'll say, okay, trap placement A and B are going to be under the headboard behind bed one. Trap C and D are going to be behind the bed under the headboard on bed number two. And trap E is going to be behind the pullout couch. So once they find a bed bug in one of these traps, they go to a separate inspection log. It's called the red zone inspection. They have to list where they're fi- which trap they're finding the bed bug in, and they have to do their own abatement technique, and they continue to monitor after that to ensure there's no bed bugs subsequently for the next four or five days in the monitoring system. Now what I do is I take out all that data, and I, I aggregate that data, and I put statistical formulas to it. So I say, okay, room placement A, what we're seeing is 40% of the time, if we're catching bugs, we're catching them in trap placements A and B. And we only caught once or twice in trap placement E, so let's move trap E and put it next to A and B to maximize the program. So we work, we're not just a vendor, we really work together almost like a partner, like the right hand of someone who has a multiple unit structure yeah. to maximize the program because we really want to stop the bugs and we want to maximize the program. A lot of the products you have out there, um, well, just for instance, a climb-up interceptor, where you, you have to put it under the, the legs of, of furniture, you have to lick, lift a bed frame or, or a dresser. You could use fiber trap in all the hard-to-reach places. There's an adhesive backing. We could put it where we know bed bugs are usually hiding, which what I see mostly is if there's, uh, like in a hotel, when they have the headboards bolted to the wall and uh, the bed against the wall under it, there's a little space under the headboard where we place the traps. Uh, and where we see in the bugs is always the head of the bed under or behind the headboard. So we're putting it in the places, if, if it's like the way I describe it to people, maybe this isn't the best uh, analogy, but this is how I look at it. If a human gets dropped in a rainforest and it's raining, the first thing I'm gonna do is look for shelter. What we're looking to do is put what we think is a log cabin with heat, food, uh, you know, lights, next to where we're getting dropped in that rainforest. So if I know the bugs are getting dropped in one area, first thing I'm gonna do is run for cover. I wanna make sure that trap is placed where I know uh, looks most attractive to them. So that's why we take that data, we review it, you know, standard deviations, all, all, kinds, of, all kinds of different statistical data. That's not my uh, section of the business, but I have a quant that does that. Do you, do you have like a pheromone that attracts them to these traps also? Yeah, we do, we have a pheromone. And a lot of people use the word lure because it's not actual pheromones. What we've done is we've taken clusters of bed bugs and watched them and put them, we have a, we have a testing case and we, and we see what le- is left behind their excretion, or whatever fluids or anything that's left behind, we run IR scans on it, we identify the actual compounds left behind from the bed bugs. We've taken those, tested with them, and we've, we've actually identified what is known to be their aggregation pheromone. And we use that exact pheromone inside our trap. So because we only use that pheromone trap, uh, and we don't use an active ingredient to kill the bugs, we're exempt from FIFA regulations. We're only a pheromone lure with no active ingredient. The bugs die on their own from exhaustion trying to escape the fiber. Do you have uh, on your lures, on your traps, can they be stuck to a wall? Like underneath that headboard, can you have like an adhesive? The trap itself? Yeah. Yeah, the trap has an adhesive backing, so it can be in those hard to reach places where we know the bugs are usually hiding. All right. Darren, uh, did you go out in the field or did you just have your own, like did you go to actual infestations? And if so, tell us about the, the worst one. When they're really bad, I do not go. <laughs> I don't go. I, I, I actually, when I, when I test with bed bugs, I promise you that I have nightmares. I'm only half asleep. I'm dreaming that I have bed bugs crawling on me at night time. I woke up this morning. I found a red mark on my arm. I freaked out. <laughs> have you gotten bed bugs in the seven years? No, no. We take, we take very, very uh, stringent precautions to make sure that doesn't happen. No cuffs on the pants. Like three years ago, mm-hmm. but I caught them 
while we were there. So we just came home and we didn't get them, thank God. Yeah, but lucky. The hotel had them. It's kind of amazing. We, I've been doing bed bugs since the 01 and I've never brought them home. Now nah, I'll probably get them now, but. Here's a funny story. It's a funny dream that I'll never forget. <laughs> uh, Lou Sorkin uh, works with us very closely with this. I had a dream recently. Lou and I were traveling for some conference and I found a bed bug the size of a small dog. <laughs> and I freaked out and I went to step on it and Lou yelled at me, don't kill it. Yeah, because he wanted it for his roof. What, what were you smoking before you oh, had Oh God, bed bug pheromones, I guess. <laughs> you know, Lou feeds him. Have you done that? No. Okay. No, my, my mechanical engineer, Jonathan, is like, guys, why don't we just feed them? I said, why don't you just feed them? Yeah. He, says, he starts laughing. I'm like, yeah, we'll leave it to Lou. This just seems to be like another tool that we have, and I think it's uh, pretty important as far as we're all looking to keep down the lawsuits and, yeah. and aggravation, and I think that's a good way to sell our product, our, our services. Look, we got this thing, and is it generally accepted by the legal authorities that this is a good bed bug deterrent? If you, if you go to court, can they say, well, look, we have this? I haven't had a case yet where we ended up being in court or being dragged in or had somebody that's dragged in the court because what we do is really make sure their inspection protocols is on par. And that's the whole goal, because if, if you're getting dragged in the court and you got a bed bug problem while you're on the fiber trap protection system, something's amiss, someone's not doing the inspections properly, uh, or it's just it's not going well with, with, with the actual user, because we maintain our own integrity as the program. If we ever have an idea or a thought or a feeling that the program's not being utilized correctly and people are just doing it to say they're fiber trap protected, we have in there that we can show up at any moment's notice and check to see if the, if the traps are in there. If they're think. following the protocol exactly. and everything. Because we will, we will cancel it in an instant if they're not, because we have our own integrity to maintain, right. and this is for the people. Uh, you know, it, it, it helps the landlords, but I don't want it on my conscience that people are going somewhere and leaving, with hotel, uh, leaving a hotel with bed bugs. I mean, I have young kids. I can't imagine going somewhere and bringing bed bugs home and it being my fault. So speaking of kids, what we wanted to make sure was that the product was safe in all environments. So we're a green company. We're actually going for our ISO, I think it's ISO 14001 certification. We're new, so don't, don't kill me because I don't have it yet. But I mean, everything back down to our uh, heat sealable bag is eco-plastic. Hospitalities love that. You know, people have green, half the time these buildings in the city have budgets for green products. If they don't have anything useful to buy for green products, they'll buy stuff, just throw it in the closet. It's a shame. So. We're, uh, we're helping with that, too. Tell me about eco-plastic. Why is that different from regular plastic? I don't know. You'll have to ask International Plastics, who sells me eco No, because I, I live on <laughs> a beach. That's the one that says it's biodegradable, yes, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because, yeah. no, I live on a beach, and we're always picking up the stuff, and, you know, you're out, you spend the day going out in the boat and dragging up all this plastic. Well, that's nice that you do that. I mean, the amount of stuff being dumped into the oceans now is just disgusting. Uh, but, and that's, we're looking to work with cruise lines, we may have a large announcement about that very soon. And uh, the eco-plastic and being green was very, very favorable for them. Again, Christopher Nelson, Fiber Trap. You heard about it. If you have any questions, their website is fibertrap.com. You can also hit us up on colonyconfidential at gmail.com. Go to the website, social media, if you want to hear any more. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're honored to have Felipe Ferreira from B&G Equipment Company. This company's been around over 50 years. So, Felipe, what's new? We have a lot of, actually, some cool new stuff. We have a new pressurizing tank top for your BNG, which is really cool. What happens is you take the cylinder out and you flip the switch and it automatically pressurizes your tank for you. 
Wow. So you don't have to stop and pump all the time. And when you're doing like bed bug jobs and you're right, like, right. you're doing an entire apartment complex and you got to bang out a whole bunch of them and you're like, oh crap, you got to stop all the time. Yeah. Battery operated? It's battery operated. You okay. get about 30 gallons per charge. Wow. That's pretty cool. How does that fit? It just screws on? Yeah, you just screw right on top. So how do you release the pressure so you don't... Do you know how the regular B&G, you just twist it off and then it has a pressure release built into it? Same thing. You just open it up oh, and it depressurizes. Because I remember cool. years ago, shortly after I got into the business, you'd have all the pressure. You're done for the day, but it's still you put a lot of pressure in and you twist it to it. You get hit in the eye. The thing <laughs> jumps up and hits you in the eye. So when I talk to people, they go, let the pressure go slowly. As you're twisting, it's built into the actual cylinder when you're, you're so turning it. So you would still it, twist it you slowly. You still got to twist it. Oh, okay. Pelsis B&G, right? Yeah. Pelsis is also, I mean, it's not just the B&G. You guys now run the full gamut of equipment to a certain extent. Fly machines, drill bits, right? Yes. Pelsis as a company, we're really well known over in Europe. Our primary business over there has been fly machines for a really long time. We have... A lot of patented stuff that we're bringing over. We have a new fly light. It's an LED light. I saw those like two years ago. Those are the round ones. Shows. We showed like the beta version a while back, but now it's actually complete. Because there were a couple of things you wanted to adjust. Did you want to add cups? Did you not want to add cups? How did you want to put the holes in? Like all this and that. But now it's designed so that you can put the blue board in front of the light, so that way the, the flies don't fly around the bulb. They go straight and they land right on the, on the glue board. That's new. That's cool. We have patented synergetic light bulbs. It uses two wavelengths instead of one. So you get small flies and large flies. So you got like your red-eye fruit flies. We've seen a lot of attractants to that. I got tons of pictures of people just sending me of the aura, the round one. Right. Just full of like red-eye. We love that one. For those of you who don't know, it's a decorative fly right. machine. It's a circle. And the design that they have, it's stainless steel or silver, yeah. or whatever it is. Very it just It's good for the flies, and you could put it wherever you want because nobody except for industry professionals know about it. Mm -hmm. And it's priced very well. Yeah, we have those on, on promo a lot. A lot of people really take advantage of that when that comes around. I have this one guy, he put it underneath the bar. He hung it underneath where the guys were prepping to catch the drain flies coming yeah, out and the yeah. fruit flies coming out. It's so small, you can put it right in between, like right underneath right. it. That's awesome. Where is it headquartered in Europe? Narlesboro, England. But we also have another, another spot over in Spain. Yeah. So you bought out B&G? Well, it was more of like a merger kind mm -hmm. of deal. Right. We're taking the B&G equipment that is great, really well made here in the U.S., and we're bringing that to Europe. They needed a way to get into Europe really, really easily, and we're, we're well known there. And what we did is we're piggybacking off of the name of the B&G, and we're using that to sell a lot more fly machines and sub-slab injectors from B&G. We have a, a bed bug monitor, it's pretty cool. We have a lot of new stuff coming out. What's your craziest pest control story? Craziest pest control story? I think probably one of the worst jobs I've been to was probably the supermarket, which I will not name. And um, I was working with them for a little bit. And uh, what ended up happening was there was a huge, huge fruit fly infestation and they would take out the fruits and they would bring them back in they would take it to the back they were trying to they put off lights they're trying to control everything and then we just like we couldn't figure out where they were coming from we went to the compactor was the compactor left open or were the bay doors left open? like we don't and then we found out the the vents that they had were reversed so they were sucking in <laughs> instead of blowing out 
So it was just bringing in everything from outside and just dumping it inside the supermarket. And it was just, it was just crazy. There were videos online and all this. Yeah, it was nuts. You know, we're finding out more and more that a lot of these problems can be solved or reduced without using any pesticide, just mm -hmm. by doing something different. Just I, investigating. I yeah. yeah, I remember in Jersey, we called down. It was all of these insects going around the door at night, and people were freaking out when they'd be leaving. I went down there as it would be on oldie night. I had a great time. And uh, <laughs> I told the guy, hey, bright lights further out in the parking lot. We need yellow bug lights in closer. Reduced it by about 60% without any pesticide at all. So. Yeah. You have the LED lights. Yep. Do you have anything else new that maybe everybody hasn't heard about? We have something that's going to be coming out soon. A little bit of a sneak peek. I, if I wonder want about that. October. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Hey, come yeah. on. Give it up. There you go. Uh, well, for your B&G, we're coming up with a flow meter that digitally records your chemical usage as you're using it. Wow. So no more guessing. No I, more guessing. Is that going to be able to integrate with software customer management platforms? Well, there's going to be an app involved, and I believe what's going to end up happening, and I don't know that the particulars about how it's going to work because it's changed a couple times. But right now, how it's going to work is the app will download your usage for the day and you can download it onto your computer. So then every route, if you're a manager and you got a guy and he's going to doing a bunch of stuff and you see like he's blowing through chemical, you're like, why are you blowing through chemical? You can have a conversation about, hey, are you doing things properly? Like what's going on? Or maybe it's just like a really bad thing and you need more people to help. Or maybe he just needs to change out his tips and he just go. Or maybe his he's servicing his own accounts. Or maybe he's doing a side hustle. <laughs> you got any more questions? I'm excited about the B&G sprayer. And I'm glad that you're coming out with new products because you're always looking for new products. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I gave up years ago looking for the silver bullet. But a new tool is always very welcome. Something mm -hmm. that makes our life easier and something we can sell to the customer and make us look more professional. I want to thank Felipe Ferreira from Pelsas B&G for speaking with us today. Look for a promo down the road in the month of October, a little collaboration between the podcast, Colony Confidential, and Pelsas B&G. Thank thanks. you for your for time. Me. Look forward to seeing you yeah, again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, this is Ed Sheehan for Mastermind Business Academy. Join our startup class. It is perfect for you if you're starting a new pest control company or if you've been in business under three years. Finally ready to get serious about building a successful company from your side job? You know, you're always looking to get more market share or add-ons. This would be a great add-on service in plumbing, landscaping, and cleaning companies. When you sign up, here's what you'll get. The exact steps you need to take to start a successful pest control company. Our checklist of everything to include in your startup. Customizable contracts and proposals. Just add your logo. Protocols for guaranteed results, employee management tools, pricing tools and salary calculators, accounting, investing, exclusive discounts, and money-saving strategies. Our detailed process on how to find bulletproof growth and built-in customers. A huge list of potential clients and locations to get you going. All for residential and commercial accounts, plus one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with myself and Joe.
Once again, thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. Check out our website at colonyconfidential.com. Until we meet again, God bless you.